Oh, you Napa lovers, you. On today's episode, we'll get some insight into the methods, and some would say madness, and those who would say that would say it endearingly, of course, of painter, performer, writer Jeff Ellsworth. Before we get to it, just want to let you know that as a special thank you for being a listener, the fine folks at Judd's Hill Winery here in Napa Valley have got a special for you to make it easy to have some of our fine wines in your cellar. Visit www.judshill.com, have a look at what's currently in release, put some in your shopping cart, and then at checkout, type in JNVS, stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show, so JNVS in lowercase letters, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. Cheers to that! Of course, our Judd's Hill Wine Club members get an even better deal, so while online, have a look at our wine club page and join the fun! As always, I invite you to come see us in person, taste wine, and have a great time. Visiting information is on our website, and I hope to see you soon. Enjoy some wine, and enjoy this show. Get ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio you may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finkelstein! Good morning, Lauren. Top of the day, Judd. Top of the day, Lauren. How are you this beautiful Napa Valley morning? I'm doing fine, Judd. Glad to hear that. You excited? It's coming up next week. Your big... I was about to say debut, but you've done this before at different venues. I don't know about at the Giants games, but this is next a week from tonight, correct? Uh, a week yeah, from today. Uh, yeah, that's right. August 6th. You will be at the Giants game singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game during the seventh inning stretch. That's right. You excited? You've been practicing, rehearsing? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Okay, cool, man. Well, you look excited. If anybody wants tickets to come on down, um, a portion of the proceeds of the tickets benefit the Everybody is a Star organization, which helps. Do, do you want to describe it a little bit? Would you like me to? It, it Special needs youth in the creative uh, fields of music and performance gets them in with into music studios, video production. Uh, it's really cool. If you'd like to see some videos that uh, folks have made, including Lauren, your own video, which I plug all the time because I think it's so cool, you can go to everybodystar.org, and that's also where you can pick up your tickets for the Giants game August 6th. Come out, root on Lauren as he sings Take Me Out to the Ball Game. That's everybodystar.org, August 6th. Uh, Friday, August 2nd, that's coming up this Friday here at the Oxbow Public Market in downtown Napa. It's the third annual Palooza. It's a little a little mini that's redundant, but it is a mini ukulele festival from 6 to 9 p.m. It's free to come on down. Bring your ukulele for a little open mic. You can perform. It'll all be anchored by, well, my own band, the Maikai Gents, playing our old-timey romantic Hawaiian tunes and then interspersed with folks playing ukulele. I know the the Wine Country Flea Jumpers are going to come down, our Napa Valley local ukulele strumming group. They'll be performing a bit. And all of the Oxbow merchants will have island-style specials. 
so you can eat some fun food that you don't normally get. I just heard from Kitchen Door they're going to be doing Hawaiian-style ribs. They're going to have Maui Brewing Company beer. Um, that should be a lot of fun. And it's free to come on down, 6 to 9, on the river deck at Oxbow, and it benefits Cope Family Center. Now, I said it's free to come. How does it benefit? Well, Cope is going to have a raffle for some exciting prizes, including a personal Polynesian party for you. So you can get in on a raffle to win a party. Not bad, right, Lauren? Not bad at all. Yeah. And then the ne- the very next night, Saturday, August 3rd, is the annual Judd's Hill Lobster Luau Wine Fest. And today is the last day to make your reservations. We do have a bit of space left. Ah, oh, bummer. What's the matter? Oh. You're not going to get in on it? No, I was just joking. Oh, okay. Well, you can, you can come in if you're fast, but you've got to make your reservation today, Tuesday, by calling the winery at 707-255-2332. Talk to Cindy over there. She will hook you up. That's Saturday, August 3rd. Starts at 5 p.m. We'll eat amongst the verdant vines of Napa Valley over at Judd's Hill. Seafood feast, including Maine lobster. Music by the Maikai Gents, Hawaiian tunes. This will be a whole evening of music as opposed to the interspersed tunes from the night before. And uh, let's see, what else? Oh, yeah. If you don't have Aloha attire to wear, you can get it there because Melissa Gruenhagen, a.k.a. Retro Diva, will be there. She's one of the Bay Area's premier dealers of vintage Aloha wear, and she'll be there with her marketplace and selection of just cool clothes. So come on by, get some vintage threads. One last thing before we move on with the show. We're getting towards the end of July, I believe one day left, and um, through the month of July at Judd's Hill, we're donating 10% of all of our Zinfandel sales, that is our Burke's Blazing Barbecue Zinfandel, donating 10% to the American Cancer Society's Relay for Life, which was just this past weekend, but we will make a donation at the end of the month in honor of Judy Burke, wife of Pat Burke, who the Zinfandel is named after. He's our former wine club director at Judd's Hill. And Judy is a participant in Relay for Life, and we want to support her in that important cause. So come on by, pick up some Zinfandel, and drink well, do good. Lauren, yes, let's, let's start the show. Sure. Painting and music are part of his art. Both brush and lyrics are sharp as a dart. To provoke thought and emotions, he's doing his part. So now let's bring this show to a start. Welcome, Jeff Ellsworth. Jeff Ellsworth, good morning. Oh, good morning. Thank you. Yeah, man, it's good to have you here. You are kind of a uh, legendary figure in Napa Valley. The way you've, the way you have made a name for yourself is, um, I think, I don't think anybody knows exactly who the true Jeff Ellsworth is. It's part of your art. You are a painter. You're a performer. A musician. A writer, you do so many things, and and I when I when I mention your name and folks, most everybody seems to know who you are here in this valley. They all seem to have a different impression of who you are, though. And I'm hoping we can either break down some of that and get to the true Jeff Ellsworth, or just give you a chance to uh, create more of who you want Jeff Ellsworth to be today. Well, among all those other things you mentioned, I also. Uh I also move boxes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of uh, uh, digging of post holes, things like that. So, uh, yeah, that as well, as well as the artistic stuff. Yeah. Uh, so Hardworking man. Yeah. Well, let's get right to your art and how, how you came about it. You grew up here in St. Helena. You are a Napa Valley native. I did. I, I grew up in St. Helena. Um, I was actually born in Vallejo. Uh, we lived on the, the hills of Mayacamas. And yeah. 
was born in Vallejo. We moved down to Berkeley for a couple of years and then back up to St. Helena uh, when I was uh, five or six and uh, went through the schools there, mm-hmm. went to school down at Justin in Napa, and then um, went off to Oregon for college and and can't seem to uh, stay away from the Napa Valley for too long. So Yeah, you yeah. seem to travel the world, but well, I'll, I'll, back here. I'll mention right now that I just went to my 50th state. I've been to all 50 states. And I, Is that right? Yeah, I just went to Alaska on a cruise with my parents. They uh, <laughs> uh, provided a lovely trip to Alaska so that I could, I could say that I am a man of the nation That's and I've been incredible. to all 50 states. I'm not surprised, though. You seem to be always on the go. With your, with, I hate to get to it right now because it seems like there's so much to lead up to it. But with your group, your band, which is often a one-man band, the Town Dandies, you, you seem to have your van loaded and crisscrossing the country performing your shows almost constantly. Well, I try to do it at least once a year, some kind of a tour. Um, and I try to have the, the group so that it, I can always perform if I book a show so that if it's just me, it's just me. If I can get some other people involved, great. But I... I never um, have to cancel a show because somebody doesn't show up, you know. Well, let's get to it. So the Town Dandies, we'll talk about your painting in, in a bit, but the Town Dandies is your musical group. It's often just you. Often just me. Performing. Sometimes performing for nobody. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about that, too. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. And, and I even looked up, I found a great quote from somebody here by the name of David Templeton who wrote... An article I found it on uh, Metro. Yeah, a couple Music. years ago. Yeah, D- David did an interview with with me. Yeah, and he summed it up so well. And I'm hoping you can describe what you do in the Town Dandies. Here, here's the quote: Some things are easy, some things are hard. Engineering a tunnel between two mid-Atlantic islands is hard. Splitting an atom is hard. Getting Arnold Schwarzenegger to stop making movies is hard. But such endeavors are a paltry piece of cake when compared to the barely surmountable problem at hand, describing what it is the town dandies do. Would you like to try to describe what it is you well, do? Well, I'll try to maybe, uh, a little background on it was that I, I had always wanted to, to be in a band. I, I, I liked writing lyrics, mm-hmm. and uh, so I always wanted to be in a band. And uh, finally, when I got into a band, I was, uh, it was a little late. And uh, by the time we really got going, everybody ended up having other jobs and other things going on. And I wanted to find a way to continue performing uh, without the band. Now, the band that you joined, is this Bluegill? This was Bluegill. We started a band um, back in the early 90s uh, called Bluegill, a bunch of guys from St. Helena or yeah. Up Valley. And we, we did pretty well. You know, we went down to Los Angeles. We played at the Viper Room. We played at Lollapalooza one year. I remember the Lollapalooza gig. Yeah. So we started getting stuff happening, and then everybody got real jobs. And, uh, and I just, I wasn't ready to give it up. Okay. And so, um, a friend of mine, uh, in St. Helena, Steve McElroy and I, uh, started a two man group called the town dandies. And, uh, and we did that together for a number of years. And then, um, and then he got busy with some things and I had to figure out a way to perform on my own if necessary. I was at a friend's house and his kid, Jasper, my friend Randy Hughesong. Yeah, sure. Great his, artist. His son, uh, Jasper, was trying to illustrate a story to me using all the toys in his room. Hmm. And I thought, that's it. That's just genius. So illustrating my lyrics with props and toys and things that I find at a thrift store became a way of telling a story uh, that's it's actually not as abstract as it 
might appear, but by using these props, the, the stories begin to seem surreal. My whole, you know, I'm, I'm trying to use the Mary Poppins phrase, a, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do something fairly serious with the with the music and the, and right. the performance, but I want to do it in a gentle, silly way. Well, I know that's your tagline, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So is your music medicine? Are you... I've seen, I think, every one of your shows, and each one of your Town Dandies uh, shows, at least over the past few years, have been very subject-specific. They're like these short vignettes, 20, 30 minutes. 20, 20 to 45 minutes. 20 depending, to 40. Yeah, I have, a, I have a number of different shows, and I have them different lengths so that I can fit into different time slots in, a, in an evening's entertainment. And you, each one covers a different subject. You Small-town football, um, cowboys, pirates, the British Raj in India. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, so how do you pick your subject? And then tell me about how you make the medicine go down. Well, the, the, the subject, the Raj show was, was really the first. I wanted to do a musical based on Rudyard Kipling, uh, a rock musical. And, and that, <laughs> that just was brewing for a long time. It was a very difficult subject because there's a lot of religious, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff you got to dance around. Yeah. You know, and the, the subject itself is not that funny. You know, and to find humor in that whole situation uh, was very difficult. So I, I had to let that one sit for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but about, I'd say, 10 years ago, um, I had a bunch of pirate songs. And this was right about the time when I saw Jasper do his, his act in his room with the, with the toys. And I, uh -huh. I thought, you know, maybe I could weave these, these uh, pirate songs into a story. So have a little bit of dialogue. In a sense, it's like an opera. Uh, in that there's a little bit of connective tissue between these songs. Um, and then I also had a bunch of cowboy cowboy songs. So after the pirate show, I did that for about a year or two. That was called That's What Pirates Gotta Do. That's What Pirates Gotta Do. And I actually performed that on 9-11 in Los Angeles. You know, I had the show booked, 9-11 happened, and I called the club and I said, I'm assuming that we're not playing tonight. Mm -hmm. And the booking guy said, no, we gotta play because people need something to, to, to bring them together tonight. So I went down and performed that show, uh, and you know it was a way for us all to say, "Hey, we're we're all together here. We're all in this together." And you know, this was in L.A., which is very multicultural. Yeah. And um, Los Angeles was m marvelous at handling that situation and not not making people feel. You know, if you wore a turban in Los Angeles, you didn't feel th you know you didn't feel threatened because of the, the, the composure of the people in that city on that day. And they did come out and to see what Everybody to. came out to see the show. And uh, so it brought everybody together. And, and the idea, I guess, of the, the medicine part of it is that it's a transformative or a cathartic experience through laughter, generally through laughter. I mean, I'm not really into taking people to tears, you know? That's really not my... Like, you know, we can get a little bit emotional, but, you know, I'll leave the heavy tears to, to some other show and I'll try to go for the laughter part well I've always found that you're very good at, at expressing a range of emotions without hammering them in yeah, Let's put yeah. it that way just by the fact that your shows are very physical and you are I know you work out when you're not doing the show you're active at the gym and you swim and it's a good thing because when you see your show you don't stop for a second you are running often in place you're on a Exercycle. You're on a rowing machine. You're jumping up a, a up on a ladder. You're rolling around on the ground, all while singing, all while changing costumes. And there's a great deal of humor, but because of the physicality, it doesn't seem like you really need to overdo the lyrics as far as really 
give punchlines and whatnot, people get what you're yeah, trying yeah. to accomplish and will laugh at the appropriate parts, or even maybe in your mind inappropriate. I don't know, but everyone has their own reaction to what you're doing. Well, the struggle is part of the show, you know, and, and uh, you know, when I'm doing the show, I'm like, God, why did I get myself into this again? You know, having too much to do in too short a period of time, and, you know, in 25 minutes, I've got this story I've got to tell using all these props that I, you know, I've had to set up and, 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 you know, exercise machines. Uh, and, you know, you're running around trying to manage yourself on the stage. But that's part of the fun of watching, you know, it's like, it's like seeing somebody attempt to do a little bit more than they should have, should have. You know, there's something humorous about that. And, uh, right. you know, I'm trying to put on a funny show and this generally, you know, sometimes a look of despair on my face as I'm <laughs> racing between things I've set up for myself to do. Well, they're, they're very entertaining. And I know you're trying to get a message across. But at, at the very least, if somebody goes to see a Town Dandy show, they're going to be entertained. Uh, yeah, and, and the message is an, an enigmatic message to me as well. You know, I think I, I sort of have an idea of what I'm trying to talk about and say, but it's it's like art. Uh, it's open to interpretation, and I always learn something with every performance I do. And somebody coming up to me saying they got something different from it adds to my growth and experience as well. You must get some good reactions. I, having seen you many times... You know, maybe you're carrying around a giant stuffed animal of killer whale. Is that what I was yeah, saying? We had the orca, yeah. There but stuffed orca you're twirling around in your show, but it doesn't seem to relate to what you're singing about. But I'm sure in your mind, somehow, it's exactly what you want people to see at that point. So what are some reactions that you've gotten that have stuck, stuck with you? Well, the, the biggest reaction that I get, uh, and I've learned to, to cope with, is that I look out, and I've, I've learned, you know, if you look out at the audience while you're performing and you just see blank faces. Sometimes you think, you know, this is not flying. This is not going over. Uh, but I've realized that, you know, people are watching the show and taking it in. And, and as a performer, you have to separate yourself from the audience. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if they're really into it, you can work with that. But if they're, if they're sitting there quietly with, with, with stumped looks on their faces, you know, you just have to keep doing the show. And oftentimes after the show, people will come up and say, hey, you know, we love the show. And I just realized that they're they're just taking it in. They're concentrating, watching mm-hmm. the show, trying to see what's going on. So that's a reaction that I get a lot when I'm performing. If, I, if I'm performing for people who've seen the show before and know me and my performances, they're very warm and, you know, they, they keep me going. But if I'm playing for a new crowd that hasn't seen me and, and watched what I do, you know, I, I'm not getting a lot from the audience because they're, they're quietly <laughs> sitting there like, what, what is going on here? I'll bet. But, but if people see it a number of times, then they start realizing there's a, actually there's structure underneath the mayhem. It takes several viewings, I guess, to, to start scratching the surface. So when you go out and you're in your van and you're touring, oftentimes alone, I mean, you're driving this van yourself. And again, if, if folks listening haven't seen a Town Danny's performance, it's just an incredible amount of props that you carry. <laughs> you need this moving van to go, and how long it takes you to set up. You're probably playing small clubs with not a lot of space. You're running. You're jumping. Uh, it's the props. The costume changes. You are playing the music, uh, which also I think oh, is pretty funny, well, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm playing it through a sampler. I used to right. use a keyboard with trigger things, and, and I'd have to find the different numbers on the keyboards, and right. and that became even just one level that I couldn't do anymore. It too it was too much. There was something endearing, though, about that, where you would finish a big song, get applause, then you'd run over and have to push a button to start the next Yeah, you know, I mean, music. the audience <laughs> seemed to like it, but it was, it was starting to drive me crazy because I would have to think about it. You know, I'd finish something, and then I'd have to go to this little, you know, small little board and find what I was looking for. And after doing a big 
you know, physical number having to go into that little mental space to find the, <laughs> it's driving me nuts. So I got a simpler way to do it. So what, so when you've been out on the road and folks don't know who you are, they just show up at a club. Maybe they've heard about you or that it's just a club they like. So they just are there for the night. Are there some kooky stories? Well, one of, one of the best things that I like to hear is from the bartender. Yeah. If the bartender says, hey, man, I loved your act. Yeah, it was great. Because they see every night mm. a band, mm-hmm. and they get tired of it. They get tired of the same old thing. And so if a bartender at a club comes up to me and says, man, that was a great show, then to me that means it was, you know, I put on a great show. Um, but I go from town to town, and often on these tours I, I leave with not a lot of... Uh, uh, funding, shall we say. <laughs> and so I'm pretty much going from town to town, you know, trying to make the, make the money at the, at the show and also, you know, taking some paintings with me. So if I can sell a couple paintings as I go, and then, you know, you're making, you're making your way across and you're hoping you get enough, uh, people at the show to kind of support you for the next, uh, the next trip. And, you know, I've, I've almost run out of gas in the middle of the night in Texas. Mm. And, uh, I have almost run out of gas, and this was even fairly recently. I was in Oklahoma, and I thought I'd go through Muskogee, Oklahoma, which is where Merle Haggard is from, yeah. and uh, Oki from Muskogee. And I thought, man, you know, I want to go see this town and maybe stay there the night and really catch the culture a little bit. All right. So I got there, and it was about it was about uh, four or five in the in the afternoon, and I was looking around, and it's like, you know, it just wasn't where I wanted to stay. It was it was just didn't feel like, you know a place I wanted to, to, to stay. And I knew that over the hill in Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, there's a, uni- it's a university town. I thought, oh, I'll go over there. And that might be a little, it was maybe a couple hours drive. So I looked around Muskogee a little bit, but I planned to drive over the hill. And I started driving on this, on the map, it looked like a four lane highway. Mm-hmm. And little by little, it got narrower Uh-oh. and narrower and it started getting darker and darker. And I thought to myself, Jeff, you know better than to leave Oklahoma you know, at sundown, driving into Arkansas, you know, and then, of course, I look at my gas gauge. It's like I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and, I, and I'm run, starting to run low on gas, and I thought to myself, I did it again, you know. Uh-huh. So I made it. Luckily, I made it to Fayetteville, but uh, it's happened a few times where, where I'm just I'm pushing it a little too hard and close to the edge, and you find yourself in a, in a difficult situation. That seems to come through in your, in your artwork, too, like your... your pushing something, you, there's something difficult, you're getting out, and, but yet it brings joy to people. It seems like you draw inspiration from that. Well, the, 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 it's, the, it's the reaching for further than you think you can go. I mean, I, I just think it's important to... to it's, it's a calculated leap. It's not a, a blind leap. Like, when I leave for a tour, I know I can get back. It's going to be right. a challenge. It's going to be a struggle, but I know I can get back. And it's, and it's actually the people that help you along the way... The, the, the situations that you find yourself in, that gives you the stories, you know, of, of, that you can tell. And also you connect with people that otherwise you would never meet. Yeah, in 50 states, you must have made some great I, friends all over. Yeah, and I haven't flown for 25 years. So oh, most, that's right. most of this is train and driving, and then I took a boat up to Alaska. So. Man. And so I meet people along the way. I'm on the ground, you know, sure. at the ground level as I, as I do this. You can actually touch, taste, feel. Yeah, yeah. Figuratively, if not literally, maybe. But let's not get there. Uh, that might be a little too personal. <laughs> you know, I, speaking of um, just getting from one town to the next, I, I do recall how I was able to get my first Jeff Ellsworth painting. You know, I had been a fan of your artwork, you know, friend of yours for some years before that, but just always 
really liked your artwork and didn't know if you did commissions or how to really approach you about that. I don't know why I was kind of scared to ask you about getting one of your paintings. It just, I don't know, maybe I was intimidated by the, the talent or something. And so I thought about this for probably a good two years. Like, I would really, I've got this place in the pad that would just look great. And I wonder if Jeff could paint. I just thought about it, thought about it. And for some reason, I don't know, on that certain day, it just popped in my head. I'm going to call him right now. I got to call him right now and find out how this works. And I got a hold of you. And it seemed as if, like, the universe was controlling all this and, and trying to get you to the next town. Because you were... I believe somewhere in Pennsylvania, maybe? Maybe. I'm trying to remember where I was, yeah. Was somewhere back east. And you said, I'm so glad you called. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on tour right now. And honestly, I've, I could use a little help to get... I got to be in New York City uh, day after tomorrow, something like that. So, um, you know, if you wouldn't mind sending... <laughs> Getting that money to me right now. <laughs> yeah, what, the, the amount. If you could wire it over, here's my account info. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'll paint you whatever it is you need. <laughs> and um, I felt that was, uh, like, very fortuitous. And, just, I, I mean, I jumped at that as yes and ran down and got you the money. And and the the painting, this is many years ago, but still, it's it's the, actually the first thing you see when you come into our place. You walk in and, boom, there's that. It was kind of a Hawaiian yeah, scene yeah, you painted yeah. uh, on the beach at Waikiki, perhaps. Right. Volcano in the back and some ukulele strumming, and it's beautiful. I love it. And... Um, I think it just kind of summed up what you were just talking about. You head out on tour, you don't really know what to expect. You get from one town to the other, and well, I have things a, work out. I have a phrase that helps get me through a lot, and it was taught to me by an entrepreneur friend of mine. And whenever I'm in a situation, I remember this phrase, and it gets me through. And it is, Jeff, always use your resources. And remember, you're a very resourceful person. And that gets me through everything, you know, because you, you learn to dig deep and you learn to, uh, you learn to examine the landscape of your resources and uh, find the resource to move forward. It's a good lesson to have learned, a good way to look within oneself. Yeah, yeah. Very good. We have to take a break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about painting. We can talk about more music. There's so much to talk about with the multifaceted and talented Jeff Ellsworth. Lauren, you want to talk us out? We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. And now, back to Napa Valley's ambassador of good times, fine wines, and lame rhymes, Judd Fingelstein! Thank you, Mr. Lauren Mole. And we're here with today's guest, Jeff Ellsworth, painter, musician, artist extraordinaire. Uh, we were talking about your band, The Town Dandies. And let's, we didn't get a chance to play some music, so let's, let's play a track. You want to set this one up? Yeah, well, uh, I think we're going to do a uh, little bit of from Not Without a Truck, which is from my uh, cowboy musical called uh, Stay Cowboy 3000, The Quest for the Big Belt Buckle. <laughs> and um, anything you want to talk about this track, or just let it speak for yeah, itself? Let's just let it play a little bit. And... All right, Not Without a Truck. Highway won't get paid Without a truck All you 
All right, the Town Dandies with Not Without a Truck from the musical vignette Stay Cowboy 3000. How's that? That sounds great, Judd. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, while that song was playing, Judd and I were remembering another song uh, of the Town Dandies called Haircuts Now. And uh, <laughs> we have a memory a, uh, uh, of a time that it was played at Anna's Cantina when Judd showed up. Uh, where did you show up from? I you know, you just went back to town, I think. <laughs> That's right. I was visiting. I was, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. This was 1999. And I'll tell you why I remember that in just a moment. Um, and I was having dinner with my parents across the street at a restaurant there on Main Street in St. Helena. And my folks and I had both driven separate cars to get to the restaurant. So I heard the music. I said, you know what? You guys go on home. I think I'm going to head over there. It sounds like the Town Dandies. I always enjoy a Town Dandies show. I'm going to go check it out. And sure enough, you were there. And I was thinking to myself, oh, boy, if he does his song, Haircuts Now... I'm going for it. And this is a song I'd seen you do many times, Town Dandies, classic tune. Those of you listening, go on YouTube, look up Haircuts Now, Town Dandies, and that's T-O-W-N-E-D-A-N-D-I-E-S, Town Dandies. And you'll see what goes on uh, a little bit. So during the show, you have what's, it's kind of, you call it the spider box. the spider box. It was one of those old personal saunas we found at a yard sale. And when we got it, it was filled with spiders. So, uh, and actually the first performance we did, we forgot to check. And somebody had their kid in there. Oh, no. And uh, we were giving them a haircut. And we opened the box up. It was filled with, you know, deadly spiders. So... (laughs) Uh, we, I'm sorry to laugh. Deadly yeah. spiders. <laughs> well, you know, so uh, that's anyway. Uh, so we always we always promoted it as uh, filled with deadly spiders, even though we did clear the you spiders, take out, the spiders yeah. out. But the first time it was actually filled with deadly spiders. Oh, you never know what you're going to get at the Town Dandy <laughs> Show. That's for sure. And to prove the point, so I thought if they're going to do haircuts now, I've seen this happen. Someone gets in the box. The box is closed, so just a head is sticking out. And then you have always had a fellow with you who gives a haircut. He's got these clippers, and it's got the big guard on it. So not too much hair is actually taken off, but you get a real haircut. And I was scheduled to have a haircut about two days later. So I figured, oh, if it gets messed up, you know, I can just have it fixed. No big deal. I'm up for it. I'm feeling like a sport. So sure enough, you say, haircuts. Who's going to get a haircut to the crowd? And I jump up off of the bar stool. Judd, Judd's going to get a haircut. And I get in the spider box, start the song. And Jeff, I don't know what, what, what happened, but you handed those clippers. The, the, the dude that normally did the haircuts was not there. You handed the clippers to just a guy sitting yeah, no, at the I bar. Think, yeah, maybe an audience member. Yeah, He was sitting at the bar. Might have been drinking a little bit. Well, there was an empty pitcher beer in front of him. <laughs> empty pitcher and then a half a pitcher in front of him. <laughs> and you give him the clippers. <laughs> And I'm stuck in there. I can't move, right? So he comes up, and the first thing I feel is just cold metal against my (laughs) scalp. There is no guard on these clippers at all. And he just goes, so side of my head now has a big bald strip. And at that point, what can you do? You've got to go all the way. You got to take it all the way down. Yeah, got to go. I mean, what we would do is we would we would have it so that the haircut, the length of the song. That was your haircut. Like mm-hmm. if, when the song stopped, the haircut stopped. And, you know, people would, there were crying girlfriends. There were guys who'd come up to me like, dude, you got to fix it. You got to finish it. <laughs> and I always thought, you know, this is a good way to get like a, you know, experimental forward thinking haircut, you know, because because it's it's I- Im- improvised, you know. What you sing about in the song, Haircut Now, you know, let's let's get uh, 
I don't know if you say experimental before, but one of those European, aggressive yeah, European right, style. Yeah, right, sure, something yeah. Something like that. Aggressive European style haircut. It was pretty aggressive. Based on the metric system, yeah. yeah. I got shaved bald. I wanted to make a bumper sticker that <laughs> I got shaved bald by the town dandies. What did your parents think? Well, that's it. So, you know, I hung out for a little bit after the <laughs> horror wore off, and I did call them. I think I'd just gotten my first cell phone, so I was able to call them uh, when I left the bar and said, you know what, I'm coming home, and just so you know, I know we finished dinner, whatever, an hour ago. Um, I'm coming home and I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> Much to my parents' credit, you know, they're very progressive and very artistic people themselves. So they weren't mad, but I also didn't have my key on me. So I had to knock on the door. My dad opened the door and he looked at me, his eyes kind of rolled back and he, he kind of sunk, <laughs> sunk his head down and shook his head. And that was all I really heard about. I got some razzing. But the reason I remember 1999, that's a year a friend of mine got married, because a couple days later, guess what? I was flying to this friend's wedding, who happens to also be a rabbi. And let's just say it was a little bit awkward for me to be a skinhead showing up at the rabbi's sure, wedding. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, a, a couple of years after that, I believe it was a couple of years after that, um, I was doing the show in Berkeley, yeah. and our volunteer chickened out at the last moment, mm -hmm. and I had to just turn the razor on myself just to keep the song going. Oh, yeah. and uh, Self-sacrifice. Right after the song, the guy that was playing guitar at the moment came up to me and said, Jeff, what about your brother's wedding? Oh, and no. I realized you know, a week later, I was going to be best man at my brother's wedding, and oh. I was totally bald. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally bald now, but I'm used to it. But then, you know... <laughs> But yeah, so it's, 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 and you know, the first time you show up someplace, particularly an event like a wedding, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, a, like a Jewish wedding with a skinhead, you know, it's not good. It got a lot of looks. I found a nice hat. Let's just put it that <laughs> yeah, way. I did too. I did too. Oh man, never cease to entertain the town dandies and provoke. You definitely, that art expanded beyond what happened at Anna's Cantina in St. Helena that <laughs> night. It had a far reaching effect. <laughs> well done, sir. Oh, good, good. Ah, should we talk about your painting? Yeah, let's talk about the painting a little bit. I see your paintings, I'm not going to say everywhere because they're, you know, somewhat rare. It's not like you're mass producing these things, but I see them in really cool places. I see them in uh, wineries, winery tasting rooms, uh, many private homes. Just last week, I was helping somebody uh, move something out of a, a fancy home, and I brought along these two kids, like teenage uh, sons of a friend of mine, and they'd never been to this home, and they said, is this a mansion? You know, it was just kind of funny. So it was a fancy home, and guess whose artwork was gracing the walls right there? It was Jeff Ellsworth. I was, I was impressed. So you've really made, you know, a name for yourself. You've got a great reputation in Napa Valley. It seems like you can't really be a Napa Valleyan without, well, I shouldn't say without having a Jeff Ellsworth, but at least knowing who you are and, and, uh, and knowing your style of art and seeing your art. Well, it comes, you know, part of the experience is what I'm. Yeah, saying. I mean, it comes from a very deep place within myself, and I'm very connected to this valley. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, um, when when I wasn't feeling well, uh, and this is a great thing I got from my mother is that, and she's an artist, and uh, when I was sick or not feeling well, I would paint or draw. Working with color was very therapeutic for me, uh, and as I got in, <clears throat> uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I started painting again in my 20s. And I found that that attachment to color, I was able to put something you know, very deep within myself into the color uh, and into the, the line of the painting. So there's something uh, going on in the paintings that's, that's deeper than a surface level hmm. thing. And it's very connected to my growing up here and the people that I grew up around. Uh, 
and it's to me it's a wonderful thing and i want it to i want it to um emanate is that the right word i want it to i want it to uh be part of a growing you know be attached to as much what's what what, what am i trying to say i want it I i'm want waiting it, for it I, yeah I, I, I want it to uh I want it to come from a very natural place and, yes. and to, to just put this good thing out there, you know, that I think is a good thing. You know, we grew up in a great place um, and had a great experience. I just want to pass that on. Well, I think there's a very sweet atmosphere, energy, um, vibe to your artwork. Uh, even you did a series of boxers where they're pummeling each other. Right. But you look at them like, that's a really sweet painting. There's a certain mood that you're able to evoke that I makes me feel good, and that's why I'm glad to have... Now, not just one, but actually a few of your paintings, I can look at them often. And you have, I think, found a following for that. And even kids. I mean, you relate to kids. A lot of folks get your paintings for their kids. Well, you know, it comes from, I I get to a very meditative state when I paint. And it's a very calm, meditative place Mm. that I I think is a a place within each of us, within all of us. And... uh, so I think that comes through in all the paintings. I recently did a, a big sh- uh, show in Los Angeles on the Louisiana Purchase, of all things. Oh, you did? And, uh, you know, it was a really rugged story, uh, including the Lewis and Clark thing and Napoleon and Thomas Jefferson. And But I always try to find a way of finding that place inside the characters I'm painting or inside mm. the or in the painting itself, it's, it's coming from a very meditative, serene place, even if it's a, a, a hectic painting. Right. Well, I think that comes through. And you've, you've also kind of made a name for yourself. I mentioned kids, very popular with ballplayers and ballerinas. Like, people are asking you to do ballerinas for girls' rooms, and I think baseball players for boys' rooms. Yes, and then, uh, you know, sort of, uh, I've got, I do some elephants and giraffes sort of as a neutral, neutral thing. But, yeah, I have some... Uh, uh, Baseball players are, are something that people really respond to. Uh, and I don't know why, as opposed to, like, a football player. There's something more iconic, I guess, about a baseball player. Uh, and then uh, the ballerinas I paint are very popular. And I like painting them because, and also the ball players because you can really uh, experiment with the uh, the position of the human body. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, these these athletes, um, you, you have a lot of flexibility in, into how you present the, uh, the, the form. Sure. That's got to be fun for an artist to be able to explore that single subject in so many different ways. And one of your ballerinas, I even saw, end up on a wine bottle as a label. Yeah, uh, there's a, a label out of St. Helena called Tutu, and I, I did a label for them, uh, and uh, that's been great. And, yeah, the ballerinas are very popular. Yeah, very cool. What's coming? What's coming up next? You got some new projects that sound I've pretty got a, exciting. I've got a couple new projects. Uh, one is I'm going to do a history-based musical on on the Napa Valley in St. Helena, uh, sort of a Waiting for Guffman style. Oh, uh, great comedy musical using the characters of of icons and legends of the Napa Valley. You know, from Robert Louis Stevenson to George Yount to the Zodiac Killer to oh, no. Lily Coit. Uh, you know, all the sort of uh, historical figures that we keep hearing a little bit about. I'm trying to sort of bring all that research together and have a, 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 a an interesting uh, presentation. About 25 years ago, uh, somebody did a show called Valley Pie Jubilee um, up in St. Helena, mm-hmm. and I just got a copy of that uh, that musical, and I'm listening to that. They did a lot of great research on the Valley, and I'm trying to just push that forward a little bit further, that whole, you know, musical production. That's fantastic. St. Helena needs its own historical musical. Yeah. You're just the guy to do it. Yeah, I am. Well done. Thank you. 
And then, and then the other project I'm working on is uh, I'm working with Tony Cartledge in St. Helena, and uh, we're doing a sort of a traveling experimental theater company. And we are going to bring over a British group from London who was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And we're going to do a show in, in September and October in San Francisco at Fort Mason. And then next year, we'll take the Town Dandies over to England and the Fringe Festival. And we'll do the Town Dandies Cowboy Show over there. Oh, wow. I'm going to save up my miles. I want to go to that. Yeah, or take the boat. You know, that's not how I'm going to get right. there. So maybe, that's right. I've never done a cruise across the... I've never done a cruise, period, but across the Atlantic sounds fun. All right, let me know when you're heading. I know you're into your health and exercise and all that, but I have to ask you a very important question. Jeff Ellsworth, do you go nuts for donuts? Oh, yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah, and I actually, I, I went for a long swim, uh, well, yesterday, so I, I think I could eat... All right, so here I have a wow, selection of donuts. We've got, I want you to choose one of those. We've got kind of a cinnamon nub, a, a God, pink wish, glaze, a old-fashioned chocolate, a chocolate twist, display. Uh, a crumb. Pick one of those. Maybe that crumb donut. All right, going point. for the crumb. That's a little yeah. insight into your psyche. Okay. Lauren, if you care to have a donut, feel free. So we're here in Napa Valley. You're having a crumb donut. And, well, actually, you brought in something, so maybe I don't need to ask you. What would you be drinking with this donut? What is your pairing? Well, I'm, I'm having some coffee, some uh, just some black coffee. All right, you're a, cl- you're a classicist. That's that right, word? yeah. Well, you know what Go I found is that uh, traveling around the country, uh, you never know what kind of coffee you're going to get, and you just got to get used to black coffee, you know. that's You just got to get used to it. All right, so we're eschewing wine that we make here in the valley, any of the fine other beverages, but you got a nice cup of black coffee. Oh, that looks good. All right, take a bite of that and start thinking about this because now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Libs. Thank you, Lauren. So you know, Jeff, how to play this. I'm going to ask you some um, parts of speech, uh, maybe some numbers, who knows what. You fill in the blanks, and we're going to have a little story. Are you ready? I think I'm ready, yeah. All right. First, I need a year. Any year. Any, uh, excuse me, uh, 1803. 1803. Fine, fine. How about an adjective, a descriptor? You being an artist should be good with this. Squirrely. Squirrely. You know what a band in high school? A power punk trio we called Squirrely Wisteria. Oh, you got to bring them back. I'd love to. We got to have a reunion one of these days. I was the drummer vocalist, and we did have some Squirrely Wisteria growing on our house. But let's move on. A plural noun. Baseballs. Baseballs, all right, just talking about ball players. And Lauren's game, August 6th, singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. All right, a verb, an action word. Swan dive. Swan dive. A plural noun. <clears throat> Let's go Another for one. Yeah, not, not a person place. Let's go for thing, more than one thing. How about pumpkins? Pumpkins. A geographic location. One, one of the Dakotas, North Dakota. Okay. Which you've been. I know you've been to every state now. I have been. I've been, I've been there, yep. And a noun, finally. A shoe. A shoe. All right, Jeff. This was taken from a uh, St. Helena Star article about an appearance you were going to make. I found online, and you've just rewritten it. <clears throat> I believe this was Aunt Helena wrote uh-huh, this, okay. and you've just rewritten it. <laughs> Here it is. St. Helena Star, April 21st, 1803. This comes from... I like that historical. (laughs) Right. Our own Napa Valley abounds with talent as well. 
from painter and performance artist Jeff Ellsworth, noted for his squirrely imagination and unsparing use of aluminum foil, we hear that mm. at 2 p.m. May 1st, the St. Helena Public Library is presenting his mint tea in Morocco. And you do do kids' books. We didn't even mention That's that. That's right. So I do. Yeah. Look that up, too. This is an illustrated story for baseballs of all ages and their adults. Ah, yes. <laughs> Jeff, oh, how about this? Jeff will be swan diving aloud. Allowed. I guess that should have been reading aloud. That sounds funny. Swan diving is allowed at the. You'll be swan diving and showing companion paintings from what promises to be a whimsical story of adventure, romance, giraffes, the French Foreign Legion, and pumpkins. Pumpkins. Set against the backdrop of North Dakota. A beautiful state. The paintings we've learned will be available for purchase. Jeff suggests it would also be an opportune time to return any overdue books lurking around your shoe. Take a good look around. Hey. You know, I just renewed all my books uh, online today at the St. Helena Public Library, and that feels so good because I have nothing overdue and no fines due right now. It's You're in the clear. Oh, it feels so good. Right on City Hall, the cops, the library, nobody's looking for you. That's right. What are some contact info? Some folks want to see your videos, if they want to see your paintings, if they want to contact you to well, maybe the, commission a painting. The Town Dandies is really the best way to get a hold of me. Town Dandies is T-O-W-N-E Dandies, and that's towndandies.com. Or you can punch in Town Dandies on YouTube. Or I'm at Jeff Ellsworth at yahoo.com. I spell my name with a G, G-E-O-F-F. I highly recommend going YouTube. Definitely look at some of the videos that you put up there. They're fantastic. We got Yeah, we got Rock Hard Abs up there. We got uh, Haircuts Now. We've got Not Without a Truck. And I know you count among other luminaries, but our local Francis Ford Coppola as a fan of yours. And He's been to some shows. I don't think he's yeah. gotten a haircut from us, but he's, <laughs> he's uh, been to some shows. That I'd like to see. So towndandies.com, YouTube, Facebook, Jeff Ellsworth. Thank you very much. Thank you, Judd. Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now a little something special for my podcast listeners. Music to get shaved bald by. It's the Town Dandies with Haircuts Now! Let's have a haircut! Two, three, four, long hair, it's too wavy! And close to your skull! Short hair's the way to be! Short hair is the way to go! When you make contact with your stylist And make arrangements for a really terrific haircut Two, three, four haircuts Now Haircuts Now Haircuts Right now Two, three, four long hair It's too crazy on your skull Short hair's the way to be Short hair is the way to go Perhaps you'll experiment with an aggressive European style haircut based on the metric system or use a mirroring technique for a homemade haircut Two, three, four haircuts Two, 
three, four, long and it's too wavy and close to your skull. Short hair's the way to be. Short hair is the way to go. I'm seeing lots of great looking haircuts from upbeat magazines and television. I present these designs to my stylist. And we'll really go to work. Two, three, four, haircuts. Now. Haircuts. Now. Haircuts. Right now. Haircuts. Now. Haircuts. Now. Haircuts. Right now. <laughs>